Welcome to People with Passion for Pets. It is my pleasure to introduce you to a wonderful person today. Her name is Tasha Tharp, and she is the founder of a nonprofit organization called Positive Friendships. Positive Friendship provides animal therapy to people in the special needs community. Hello, Tasha. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm doing good. Well, welcome to People with Passion for Pets. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to uh, talk today to you about what you do with Positive Friendship. It's such a great organization, and I know that um, our viewers and our audience will just uh, be very excited to hear about your organization and how they can get involved. So why don't you start out by kind of telling us a little bit, what is Positive Friendship? What is it that you do? So Positive Friendships is a 501c3 organization, and we're based out of Phoenix, Arizona. We're all over the, sorry if it's moving, my pig is rooting the table. (laughs) So um, we're based out of Phoenix, Arizona, and we're all over the valley, but we started, the organization started in 2014, and uh, that's when we were officially founded. Tell us a little bit about that. So what we, what we do in the school system now, and this has taken a lot of trial and error to try to find that right fit is the school week. When we go into a school, we're treated like one of their specials. So say Monday, they have PE Tuesday is art Wednesday's animal therapy. Um, and we provide an activity for them to do every week, every week, it's a different activity and they have a different animal each week. But all of their activities are focused on kind of the primary IEP goals for most kids, which are going to be self-regulation, communication, social skills, um, just really that social emotional and and a lot of fine motor or gross motor skills. We incorporate not just dogs, but we bring in um, mini horses, which I had to remember them all, mini horses pigs which you probably hear my pig in the background she's wanting outside um goats um alpaca tortoises ball pythons rabbits um we can do cats all you know all kinds of things and it's really great for the sensory aspect of the kids and and that is so cool and i'd like to talk a little bit about the animals so um you obviously have found Um, a lot of different teams now. And it's kind of unusual, at least for me to hear. I know that dogs are common. I know that horses were miniature horses were very common, but Mm -hmm. I've not heard of a therapy cat or a therapy (laughs) tortoise before, or, you know, pigs, I kind of knew a little bit about. So that's very, very interesting. I love to think outside the box. um, Because not every kid's going to be like, oh yeah, we had animal therapy with a tortoise today or a snake or a bird or, you know, a bunny. And I'll have to be honest, whenever we say, okay, we're going to bring a cat or a bunny or a guinea pig or something dainty into a school with kids with autism, my, my mom spidey senses are start going, please be gentle, be gentle. Um, So like things that we've had to adapt for when the snake comes in, you know, the last thing you want is a kid with lack of impulse control, squeezing or anything. So 
if they want to engage, they have to follow directions. And they, for the snakes and the tortoises, they have to use two, two fingers. So it's kind of, and the bird as well, it's a two finger thing. So before they get to engage, they have to show us their two fingers and then they can pet with the two fingers. They do amazing with it, but still every time I see it, my anxiety goes up and I'm like, please, no, please, no, be gentle, be gentle, <laughs> be gentle. But it really helps them learn that self-control and self-regulation because they want to engage but they have to be gentle as well. So Tasha, where do you find these, uh, these interesting uh, animal therapy teams? Do you just uh, reach out to them? Do people reach out to you? So we do a lot of recruiting out at pet events. We communicate a lot with different people we know that are breeders or like with goats, 4-H people. They have amazing goats because they they're, they're trained kind of, that's what they do. You have to be able to show them and train them from a, a young age. And so we, we always are looking for that or, Hey, does we ask our volunteers, does anybody know anyone who has a, an animal that you think might be a great therapy animal? And I'm not, a I, I like to push the limits and see, well, what kind of animal? And if it's kind of outside my comfort zone, um, we have a vet that I consult with and I'll say, okay, what are the, what are the things we need to take into consideration, um, as far as health wise for this type of animal? So like before we brought on the turtle, the tortoises, the snakes, I had to really con consult with, with our vet to say, Hey, what are precautions we need to take? Because I know that they've been known, you know, have the salmonella. So we put a protocol in place. Okay. If they're going to do snakes, they have to hand wash, pet, hand wash, um, and that type of thing. But it's a lot of it is word of mouth is where we get most of our, most of our teams. Now you do have a great website. It's uh, positivefriendships.org. And of course we'll, uh, we'll share the link in the description below uh, if anybody wants to find the website and that's too how people can find you and find out about yes. opportunities to volunteer. Is that correct? Absolutely. And our Facebook page, um, Facebook and Instagram, they paint a, a good picture of what we do. So when you go on there, you can see us at the schools, at the clinic, with the adult day program. Um, you can see all the different animals that we work with, the different activities. So that was one thing when I first started Positive Friendships that I felt that, you know, we're a public charity. We're funded by the public. It's extremely important to me that the public knows, okay, if we're making a donation, where's the money going? People can go to your website. They can find out how to donate. And because you are a, a nonprofit organization in the state of Arizona, there is a special tax credit available to people as well. Is that correct? That is correct. And that is probably where 75% of our funding comes from is that Arizona tax credit and I'm really surprised how many people don't know about the tax credit. And it's a dollar for dollar tax credit for the state. So it's not like your federal deduction that, you know, if you donate federally, it just brings down your adjusted gross income. What this is, is it's a straight dollar for dollar. That's wonderful. Very cool. So other than donation and tax credit, people can get personally involved uh, in different ways, right? So talk a little yes. bit about that. Absolutely. So the first most obvious way 
is if you have a therapy or a dog that um, dog, cat, horse, guinea pig, llama, alpaca, all of any of those that you're like, man, my dog is so good. I think that they would make a great therapy animal. You can contact us and then we can walk you through that process of getting them evaluated to become a therapy animal. We have an in-house evaluation that we're able to do. So there's zero cost to the volunteer to to come on and become evalu- evaluated with us and to join us. There's no cost for that. And we do all that in-house and then they can volunteer at their leisure. We don't require any minimum time frame or a, a commitment of a certain number of hours per week or month. It's just kind of whenever you're available, we're just very thankful to have volunteers. Uh, and the other way that you can get involved on a regular basis is we have a volunteer position called a positive partner. And so, of course, a positive partner, what the role that they play is they have no animal and they volunteer and they're kind of that liaison between the animal therapy team and the the teachers or, you know, whoever's in charge of the kids so that the animal volunteer, the handler is in charge of their animal and advocating for them at all times. And then that positive partner is doing is kind of that liaison in between they run the activity we we provide all the activities the instructions um, everything that that positive partner would need to run that session but we just just found having that extra set of hands there it's it really puts that safety measure in place for the animal for the kids and you know for all parties involved and we started with that volunteer position really evolved because we started getting a lot of requests for people that say, I want to volunteer. I want to volunteer, but I don't have a dog or I have a dog, but they're really naughty. So it was like, well, this is great because you get to come play with dogs. You get to be with kids. Um, and then you don't have to take the dog home and have any of the responsibilities. So <laughs> no, and, and, and I can see win. where, I can see where that is really a great idea because um, I just love what you just said, because the, the handler of the, the animal needs to be 100% available to make sure that the animal yes. is safe and that the animal is doing all of the right things. It would be a great way for somebody to start getting involved, yeah. uh, even if they have a pet that they think they eventually would like to be have that pet involved as well, but just to get to know what is the layout, how do these sessions, um, you know, start happening, um, and to learn about the organization. So I think it's just a, a great idea to have that positive partner. Yes, and so, throughout the year we have a couple special events. Um, for example, every year we're getting we're starting to plan our seventh annual revved up for autism car and bike show so it's an annual event it's our largest event public event and fundraiser of the year and so we always 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 need volunteers for that event so we need volunteers kind of helping put things together leading up to the event and then the day of is kind of it's like all hands on deck we need as many volunteers as we can, because there's so many moving parts for that event. Tasha, I'm curious, how did you come up with the idea for Positive Friendship? My son was diagnosed with uh, autism when he was four, and so that would have been 2012, and he wasn't making any progress in his 
patient therapy, or I shouldn't say any progress, but progress to the, my mom's standard. He didn't want to do his exercises. He didn't want to do anything. My French bulldog, Zoe, who's always by my side, she is right there while I'm trying to get him to do his exercises at home and he's not wanting to comply. And I said, Hey, if I put Zoe in the swing with you, will you stay in that swing? And he's like, well, yeah, if Zoe will, then I'll, I'll stay. And I'm like, great. I started swinging him and I told him you have to pet her if you want her to stay with you. So he would pet her and he would stay and he's just starts smiling and he's wanting to swing um, and calm down and regulate himself. At that time, at four years old, his upper body strength was equivalent to an 18 month old. So we were doing a lot of upper body strength exercises. And one of those exercises was the wheelbarrow walk. And he hated it, hated it because it was very difficult for him. And so I put Zoe on one side of the room, had her sit, stay and said, okay, come on, let's go. We're going to do your wheelbarrow walk, but I'm going to put this dog treat on your back. And if you can make it to Zoe, then you can give it to her and you'll get the, she can have the treat and he, okay. So I get him in position, grab his legs, put the treat on, on his back and he starts going and he's wobbly. He wobbles, wobbles, and then it falls off. And I'm like, oh, and he says, put it back on, put it back on. So he wants the treat back on him. And so he I put it back on, grab his legs again, and he starts going and he gives it to Zoe once he gets there. And he says, I want to do it again, which I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. He never asks to do it again. Um, so at that point, it was kind of like, wow, I need to have Zoe involved in every single exercise that he has to do at home so that he'll want to do them. And that's kind of where it, it all started, where I'm like, okay, how can I get her to do this? How can I get him to do this? And just kind of evolved into what it is now, then I would take him to the clinic. I'd be sitting in the lobby and on the other side of the door, I could just hear all these screaming kids. And I'm just listening going, wow, they need a dog back there. I bet it would be really quiet. And the kids would all work like he does at home if they had a dog. So then I'm sitting in the lobby and I just Google dogs and clinics, dogs and occupational therapy, you know, what's out there, what does animal therapy look like for kids with special needs in a clinic? And I couldn't find anything. And I'm like, wow, maybe this is something that I should look into. So I started spending my time continuing to do what I did with Zoe and my son at home. And in the meantime, still kind of researching, well, how do I start this? How do I get my dog to be a therapy dog? What does that look like? Where do you start? What are the starting points? And I sent in the paperwork, filled out all the paperwork for the IRS, got everything in. And in December of 2014, we got our official IRS letter of determination saying that we were official. And once I got that, I was, me and Zoe were knocking on the doors of local clinics that I could drive to. Um, asking, hey, can we provide services? This is what we do. Can we work with your therapist? And we got a lot of no's, a lot of no's. Um, I finally got one yes, where the, the owner of the clinic said, this is brilliant. 
I absolutely love this outside of the box thinking. Uh, absolutely. Can you come and present to all of my therapists and see how this, what this would look like, you know, share that. And I did. And their therapists were all on board. All of them absolutely loved it. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, there's all these kids that they want serviced, but I, I can't do this all on my own. You know, I need more teams. Where do I find more teams? It, they just started slowly coming on. And so it was kind of new to, to what the teams were traditionally doing. And so, but once they would get kid, they would join us, they would see the progress and their dogs loved it because (laughs) they get treats. They get more than just a nice pet. Oh, cute dog, pet, pet, pet. They're doing treat puzzles. They're um, playing games. They're interactive. They get to be a dog and be engaged and be playful. And the kids are doing what they're supposed to be doing naturally, which is playing and learning and growing and developing. And you get that great response from the kids because if it's just a therapist and a kid, the therapist is placing all of these demands onto the kids or not demands, but like tasks. Um, Okay, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this. It's just do, 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 do. But if you flip it and just kind of change the wording where it's like, instead of, okay, I need you to tie your shoe for me. And then we're going to move on to this tabletop activity. You can say, oh my goodness, can you show Zoe how to tie your shoe? And it's like, wow, okay. Then they want to show, oh, can you help me? Will you show me? And they're doing it because they want to show the dog how to do this activity. Um, And then if they, they have to write, instead of having them do their sentences, can you write a sentence about Zoe? Zoe is white because now it's about the dog. So they're still doing the same tasks that the therapist would traditionally be doing, but it's just kind of twisted just a little bit so that they can, you know, focus on that, the dog focus. And it really takes the inward focus of the kids with special needs. And really a lot of kids, they focus on me, 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 me. Uh, Somebody's judging me. Somebody's telling me what to do. And it kind of where they're now focusing outwardly, where they're focusing on the animal, not focusing on, oh, she's going to tell me I'm doing it wrong or, you know, whatever may be going on in, in their head. Uh, I know everybody that's listening is wondering about the animals. So, so we must talk about kind of the stars of the show, I guess. Um, Your pig has been kind of vocal anyway, throughout the, (laughs) throughout the interview. So tell us a little bit about how did you come to have a pig? I know you started with Zoe the dog. I did. I started with Zoe. So I started with Zoe. um, And then I moved, when I started Positive Friendship, Zoe was probably I don't two maybe five or so. Um, and then I had Jock who Jock is actually the logo. Um, Jock was a puppy. So he was too young for me to use him in animal therapy. Cause he was still, he's a puppy. I wanted another animal that I could use in therapy, but I kept getting a lot of requests at the clinic for, Oh, but my kid's allergic to dogs. I need a hypoallergenic. Do you have hypoallergenic? Do you have hypoallergenic? And I'm like, no, I don't. So in my head, I'm like, I do not want another dog. And all in my head is all these hypoallergenic dogs, a golden doodle, a poodle, a labrador, you know, some type of hypoallergenic dog. 
And I'm like, no, there has to be something else out there. And I ran across pigs and I'm like, Ooh, what is this? And the more I researched and learned about them, like, wow, they are really intelligent. They, you can potty train them. They can learn tricks. They can be socialized, you know, everything like you would do with a dog, but it's, they're hypoallergenic and it's a, they're pigs. Um, so I got Penelope when she was, I was told she was eight weeks old and she was, went everywhere with me. She, if she was not in my lap, she was screaming to be in my lap. So she was just loved to be cuddled and held and sweet little girl. And it was very, it became very natural for her just to want that affection. And it worked well with my son because at that time he was extremely just like the energizer bunny everywhere. He went was full speed, loud screaming. And she didn't like that because she's just really just calm and she would start screaming. Well, pigs screaming is this horrible high pitch shrill. Um, and he hated that noise. It was just every time she would do it. And I would say, okay, well, if you don't want her to make that noise, you have to use a calm body. So, and I'm like, wow, this is working the same way that Zoe did. He doesn't want her to make that noise. I want him to be calm. So he has to be calm to engage with her. So it was, it was great how the two, to watch the two of them kind of evolve their bond. And it was just, Penelope really is just a natural. Um, I, and I always thought, oh, all pigs are like this, you know, I'll, I got another pig and um, he, he's the one you've been hearing. He's the mouthy one. He, he, I, I thought I can train him. Now I'd have, I've had a pig. Oh my goodness. He has his own little personality. <laughs> I was not able to socialize him because of COVID like my other, like Penelope. And he is not he is not a Penelope. <laughs> sure. What's his name? His name is Paxton and he's gorgeous. And I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, the kids will love him. He's, he's a different breed of pig than she is. She's a pot belly. He's a Juliana. Um, and he's kind of a grayish white with black spots. And he has these crystal blue eyes and he's just gorgeous. And he just, and he knows, he knows a lot more tricks than Penelope knows. Unfortunately, I, I just have Penelope and I haven't found another pig, you know, not me personally, but another person that owns a pig that is like her, that um, loves to be touched and that they go out and they would be willing to share their pig with the special <laughs> needs community. That's awesome. So what is required of the animals? Is there any special training? Uh, you mentioned that there is an in-house, you have an in-house person that can evaluate the temperament and make sure it's a suitable animal. But is there any other skills that the animal must learn or have prior to being allowed to be a therapy? And is there a certification? So there, all animals have to be one year of age. Um, and so say someone rescues a dog, they're already 18 months old. Well, they need to have lived with you for about eight to nine months because you really need to know them and they need to know you. You need to be able to read them. And that's a big part of it is knowing your animal and advocating, knowing their body language. So when our evaluator evaluates them, she's evaluating them from the time they start walking up on that leash. You know, are they just dragging the dog along? Is the dog dragging them? 
Um, how are they engaging? Are they in tune to each other? Um, and a lot of it is socialization of the animal. So they don't need to have this slew of tricks that they know, um, but are they comfortable? Do they, do they seek out attention? Are they comfortable? Or do they want people to engage with them? Um, you, not barking or whining or you know, any of that when they're engaging. Um, this, if anyone's familiar with the CGC, the Canine Good Citizen, so it, it really follows kind of that Canine Good Citizen. If they can do the Canine Good Citizen, the come, sit, stay, they love to interact with people. They like that people engagement. Um, they're really, that's where you're a good fit. Um, and the handler really, a lot of times you might have a handler who wants to do it, but the dog is a great dog. They, I mean, amazing um, obedience and skills, but the dog is just not into it. Maybe they're really into their owner, but not into other people. So that you really need to know your dog and say, you know what, my dog loves when other people pet them and play with them and engage with them. Um, so it's not just something that the human wants to do, but it's something that they both want to do. So we positive friendships does not require a certification because we do our in-house evaluation. There are some organizations out there. Um, so if someone comes to us and they say, how can I be a therapy team? Um, I, first thing I say is, well, do you want to volunteer with just positive friendships? Or are you looking to go to hospitals, nursing homes, hospice? Where else are you wanting to go? So if they say, oh, no, I want to do all of the above. I want to go everywhere. So if someone says, I want to take my dog other places as well, then I recommend they go to Alliance of Therapy Dogs. Because if you, and then go through their registration process and their evaluation and their certification, because once you go through an organization like Alliance of Therapy Dogs, then you are under their um, insurance policy. And so you're able to go visit at other um, locations. So with the um, Positive Friendships uh, organization, you, you are now providing um, services for the special needs community in different aspects though, right? You're not, yes. just, not just with children in clinics, you, you do okay. other things as well. Schools, clinics, and adult day programs. Okay. So we go during COVID, I've always steered clear of adults because I have in my head, our mission is to serve children with special needs and help them with their therapy. Well, during COVID, we were um, approached by an adult day program to come and provide weekly services. And I'm like, I don't know, you know, we, it's not, it doesn't really fit our mission, but it does fit our mission. Let me take, let me look. Um, so I talked to our board of directors and I really thought about it. And I'm like, you know what? We're serving adults with developmental disabilities. And so even though their birth certificate, their ID, their age says that they're an adult, because we're serving those with developmental disabilities, we're really kind of serving the same demographics um, with that. So we started serving the adult day programs. We have four of them that we work with now. And I, they're now one of my absolute favorite. I love I love working with the adults. The volunteers love working with the adults. So that's our newest program that we go out and we work with the adults with special needs. 
Well, it's such such a great organization. There's so much thank good you. that you do. Yes, thank you, thank you for the work that you do. Um, you. Anything else? What what is it? Uh, if there's somebody out there that says, what what would be your most um, most important need for your organization to continue doing this great work? What would you tell them? It would be volunteers. We we really need a lot of volunteers. Uh, we're projecting a big growth in the fall. Um, but if we don't have enough volunteers to fill that, then we won't be able to, um, to, to serve the community. So really it's, a, it's volu volunteers. Well, great. So hopefully there's somebody out there or many people out there that listen to the interview and are getting interested and, and want to do uh, what you do and want to get involved. And again, we'll make sure that all the links in the description below uh, so people can find your website and can get in contact with you. Perfect. That sounds great. Excellent. Thank you well, so much for having us, having me on and sharing my story and kind of what we do for the community. Well, thank you. Thank you for being on the show and thank you for the great work that you do in the community. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on People with Passion for Pets. We're Jim and B. Walker. And we share the adventure of life with our dog, Apollo and Heidi. For more adventure videos, check out our YouTube channel, Modern Canine Vlog, or visit our website, www.mcs.dog. And until next time, keep your paws on the road.